Welcome to the Bariatric Podcast, the weight loss surgery podcast coming to you from Central Texas. I'm your host, Chip Reynolds, and today is June 4th, 2016. This is episode 5 of the Bariatric Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. In this episode, I'll be talking about proteins, and at the end of the show, I'll share some of the great websites with tons of recipes to help you get your protein. If you have any questions or comments for the show, please like us on Facebook. We can be found at facebook.com slash bariatricpodcast, or you can email the show at bariatricpodcast at gmail.com. To start the show, here is my progress report. I am 45 years old. My heaviest weight was 356 pounds. My surgery weight was 320 pounds. My current weight is 212 pounds, and my goal weight is 170 pounds. I had a gastric bypass done on December 7th, 2015. And now on to today's show. So at the last Losers Bench support group meeting, our topic was protein. The first rule of Protein Club is that everyone has their favorite protein. If you want to get people talking at a weight loss uh, surgery support group, bring up protein because everyone has something to say. Our group has regulars that are as far out as four years from their surgery and as recent as one to two weeks. So this is a great topic to use every few months because there's always new folks wanting to learn more about some of the options available. And there are always plenty of folks that have tried those options and can let folks know what they are. But as with everything else related to weight loss surgery, everyone's going to be different. There's still a lot of trial and error when it comes to what you will tolerate after the surgery, and that's complicated even further by the different types of surgery available. All programs require patients to start a pre-op diet before their surgery. The programs will vary depending on your doctor or hospital staff, but the main thing in common is that solid food will be significantly reduced or cut out completely. At Carl R. Darnell Army Medical Center, I had a one-week pre-op liquid-only low-carb diet. The purpose of the diet is to shrink the liver, which makes it easier during the surgery for the surgeon to complete the procedure. For my pre-op diet, I used EAS Advantage Carb Control Protein Shakes. They come in several flavors, including chocolate fudge and strawberry cream, which are the flavors that I tried. A word of warning that I didn't pay attention to, though, is that you shouldn't buy your uh, protein, um, either the shakes or or the powders, in bulk prior to your surgery, because your taste buds are going to likely change after the surgery, and you may not even tolerate a flavor or a type of protein that you liked prior to the surgery. Well, I didn't pay attention to that, and I bought a case of each flavor and crossed my fingers. The shakes are great, though. They have around 17 grams of protein with only 3 grams of carbs. I did get lucky and I still like the taste of those after the surgery and my pouch hasn't had any issues tolerating them. There are several other brands out there that have similar similar shakes like Premier Protein and I think Muscle Milk has a low carb option too. They come in 11 ounce cartons which will will take a while to get through right after the surgery but nowadays I can finish one off in about 30 to 40 minutes. Another protein powder type option uh, is, is PB2. A lot of people swear by this as a great option to get the peanut butter taste without all the fat. I bought a, char, a full jar of the powder and only used it about three times because I did not like the taste of it. Again, other people swear by it though, so if you can get a sampler pack or maybe find a friend that uses it, you might be able to try it before you buy it and make a decision on your own. Now, as for other types of protein uh, powders, I've always um, been using just unflavored protein myself. I use the Isopure uh, 100% pure whey uh, unflavored protein, and I also use a um, another product called Gene Pro Medical Grade Protein. You can get either of those on Amazon if you search for, for them by name, 
And uh, I prefer to use the unflavored protein rather than getting the flavored ones just because I can use something else to flavor it. I use the Crystal Lights. I use the uh, um, Tarani sugar-free uh, syrups as well. Now post-op, you'll continue doing a liquid diet as your new stomach begins to heal. In addition to the protein drinks, you'll also have the options for broth. In the hospital, I had some chicken broth, and while it took a long time to get the four ounces down, it didn't cause me any problems. Now when I got home, I tried both chicken and beef broth. I just tried a brand from the local grocery store, and I didn't like the taste of either, so I just got rid of them. What I did end up settling on that I did like for a broth option was Campbell's Soup Keurig Cups. They sell them a little noodle and veggie packets, and they work right in your Keurig um, coffee maker. I threw away all the, the, those packets and just brewed from the broth, and I'm really not sure how much of the nutrition facts pertain to only the K-Cup broth, but you get a little bit of protein from them and the taste is pretty good. They have flavor, uh, two flavors available that I've tried, both the home-style chicken broth and the Southwest-style chicken broth. I honestly can't tell you if there's any difference between the two because it might be that you know the flavor of the soup uh, becomes different by using those noodle packets and the flavor that's in those. I can't really taste the difference, but they're both pretty good. Another option for chicken soup is Unjury. A lot of folks in the support group love this brand. They make protein powders too. I've never tried it, but if you're having trouble finding protein that, that your stomach tolerates, you might give it a try, as most of the folks I've met have, that have tried it really like it, and they've said they've tolerated it well. A few days after surgery, you'll be allowed to progress to semi-solid foods. I ate a lot of eggs during this time. I used both real eggs and egg beater type products. Today I usually use just the egg beaters. It's a little bit easier for me. Instead of cracking an egg and doing whatever, I, I just measure out a quarter cup of, of the liquid egg and I cook that quick and easy. Milk is another option for protein during the liquid and soft food stages of the diet. I used milk as a base for a lot of the protein shakes that I drank during this stage. I also mixed it with the yogurt, which is the next uh, source of protein for this t stage of the diet. Greek yogurt is something that a lot of people also swear by. I can't. I tell you, I just cannot get the taste. I don't like it. It just doesn't work for me. I've tried it with the PB2. I've tried it with some uh, flavored other flavored powers powders. I even tried it with the sugar-free syrups. I just can't get the taste down. But a lot of people swear by it, and it's a great, great source of protein. Once you get on the soft food stage, you'll be able to spread out um, even a little bit further. I tried some steamed veggies, some soft peeled fruits like bananas. You'll find less protein in these options, but your nutritionist is gonna want you to start getting some of those other food groups in as you can and as you tolerate. And of course, after you've already gotten your protein. But once you move on to stage four, you'll have even more options available to you. At this point, you can move on to meats as a source of protein. Again, you're not gonna to wanna to go wild and try everything you might, you know, you might feel like you're missing all at once. When you're in stages three and four, your nutritionist will likely warn you to only add one new food at a time, so if you have a problem tolerating something, you can identify it and avoid it later. If you put too many uh, new things on your plate at once, you may run into a situation similar to one that I had uh, when I was on vacation in San Antonio. I was on stage four of the post-op diet plan and had dinner out at a restaurant. I ordered a grilled chicken and veggie salad. And later that night, I tried a new protein bar. All night long I was queasy and nauseous and I couldn't tolerate more than a sip of water every 30 minutes without feeling like I was about to throw up or just a, a, an intense pain in my stomach. The next morning I vomited until my pouch was completely empty and the remains of the protein bar and a carrot were there. 
Now, I don't know which one actually caused me the trouble because the next time that I had carrots, I also happened to eat uh, that exact same brand of protein bar. And it was the only other time I had it, and I felt ill that same day. So now I'm, I'd avoid both, and from there I learned that lesson that if you're going to add something new, just try to add one new thing at a time. So like I said, in, in San Antonio, I tried that chicken salad, and I'd, had, I'd been having chicken for a while. I started out with um, just canned chicken because it's soft, moist, and already cooked. I just heated up in the pan with some black beans, and which is another great source of protein. But as I moved along, I started getting a little bit more adventurous with it because I wanted some sort of flavor to it. And so I would add enchilada sauce or maybe some taco sauce to the pan. I've added dipping queso, uh, shredded cheese, you know, a number of different things just to get a little bit more flavor in there. I've even gone as far as Tabasco and some of the uh, Pete's uh, hot sauce. And uh, I've tolerated them all very well. Now, I brought that up at our last Loser's Bench, and some folks were surprised that, you know, that I've eaten stuff that's been a little bit on the spicy side because they're not able to tolerate it. So again, you know, it's going to be different from person to person. But if it's something you feel like you're missing, you can give it a try once and, uh, and see how it goes for you. Later, I would get chicken breasts and cut them into small pieces. I'd cook two ounces of them the same way as the canned chicken. Cooking them with some kind of sauce will help keep the chicken moist. And a lot of folks uh, that are post-op, you know, enjoy chicken, but they do have issues with it if it's dry. And so you just want to avoid that if possible. I also started adding turkey bacon to my breakfast. It's a great source of protein. Uh, I've had regular bacon on occasion uh, every now and then, and uh, had no problem tolerating that, that too. And recently I got my grill cleaned and started grilling steaks. What I do is I get the thin cut ribeyes at the grocery store. I get, usually get a package that's about a pound to a pound and a quarter. It usually comes with about three steaks in there. I cut those steaks in half, marinate them and cook them that way. That, that usually leaves me about three to three and a half ounces of steak uh, for each serving. And then I put them in a single uh, serve containers in the refrigerator and then I've got lunch for a week. I use a, uh, I've been using a liquid marinade and that's kind of helped keep them from uh, drying out when I cook them. And I also cook my steaks to medium because I'm kind of a medium rare, medium person. So uh, again, dry meat is going to cause is going to cause a lot of folks problems. So you want to just do whatever you can to make sure the meat stays moist. For folks that miss their pasta, you have several alternatives available. I've tried spaghetti noodles made from black beans and fettuccine noodles made from edamame beans. You can get both of those at some of your uh, local grocery stores on the Asian aisle, and you can also get them off of Amazon. Another option is to use the uh, one of those spiral slicers and just use a zucchini and make noodles out of that. You're going to see less protein that way, but um, a lot of folks really enjoy the, um, the zucchini noodles. Now, I've been very lucky with my pouch post-op. I have not had too much trouble tolerating much other than the, the times that I had those carrots and protein bars. I've not vomited, but uh, but that one time, and uh, and I've not really had much issues with with getting my protein in every day, getting my water in uh, every day, and then also branching out and getting other types of foods just to make sure I get enough carbs, you know, the minimum amount that I need at least, um, and other foods as well. But some of the folks in our our support group um, have had some trouble. There are a couple of that have actually ended up back in the hospital for complications with their diet and procedures. It's important to know that everyone's going to struggle early on to meet their protein and liquid goals during the first few weeks after the surgery. It's just natural. Your, your pouch is healing or your, or your sleeve is healing, and there's just not enough room 
for 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 the food and the water to go while everything's kind of swollen and, and just trying to go back to normal. So if you do, if you feel something's not right, you know, again, it's it's normal for you not to get enough, but if you feel something's not right, you really have to listen to your body. I can't stress that enough. You need to contact your doctor or your nutrition clinic and get assistance if you feel that there's something wrong. Pay attention to what your body's been through. It's been through a very significant procedure, and while it's gonna have you're gonna have some struggles adjusting, don't downplay what your body's telling you because it's very important that you take good care of yourself. I mean, that's the whole reason for having these surgeries is to take better care of your health. And if you're not paying attention to what your body's saying right after the surgery, it, it's a mistake. You really you really need to take take care with that. So now to close the show, I'll, say, I'll share some of the websites where I've found some of the recipes that I've shared. Um, and they've got some great protein ideas on there. The first one is bariatricfoodie.com. It's a great website with a wide range of delicious recipes. They have um, recipes for all stages of the diet. And the author of the website has actually published some books, um, one of which is a, a book dedicated to tasty protein shakes, how to make them. And I actually bought that book and have tried a number of the recipes. Uh, you can get that book on Amazon. Uh, another great site is bariatricpal.com. They have a wide, another site with a wide array of recipes available. And they actually have their, their shake recipes listed online. Have, there's a page with over 200 protein shakes. They're quick and easy to make. The Facebook page for this show, found at facebook.com slash bariatricpodcast, will also have recipes that I've shared during the episodes. And I encourage anyone with a recipe that they have tried and want to recommend to share it there as well. Finally, I'd like to finish out the show with some thank yous. A very special thank you to everyone at the Darnell Weight Loss Support Group. This group continues to be a great motivation for me and so many others. I really appreciate the genuine care that everyone brings to the group, and it's a great place for everyone to feel safe to share their experiences, their successes, and setbacks. It's also a great source of encouragement, uh, both during the pre-op phase and also during the post-op phase when you are facing some of those setbacks. For me, it, it was so important as I prepared to have my surgery to, to be able to be in this group and, and listen to folks that had experienced some of the same struggles that I was experiencing and share their stories of how their lives have been completely transformed after the surgery. It, it, it was a real eye-opener, and it really helped me get into the right mindset of knowing that this was a lifestyle change and that it was going to be very, very um, you know, important to me, and it was going to have a big impact on my life. And it was a motivator to have it done because, again, when everyone's telling you how great life is afterwards, you want, to, you want to take part in that as well. And so now, um, I continue to go because, you know, I still, I get something out of listening to folks and, and tell their story about their struggles and how they've overcome them. And it's very helpful for me. It motivates me. And another thing that motivates me, and it's the same reason why I do this show now, is that if I can provide that same assistance for other people, that's, that's, it's just something that I walk away with knowing that if I can impact somebody else's life in a positive way like that, it's very motivating for me. It's very rewarding and, it, and it's something that I really enjoy being able to do. Now, the other thing, uh, or the other special thank you that I'd like to send out as always is to the Darnell General Surgery and Nutrition Clinics. They are staffed by some just absolute professionals. Um, Dr. Young, my surgeon, regularly attends our support group meetings to offer his advice and point of view on questions. I know that some of the other doctors um, attend the seminars and they, they attend meetings as well. 
Um, and of course, Ms. Manuel, who is an absolute blessing for our group as she has expanded the number of meetings. Many of them are after hours in order to accommodate the needs of people, as many people as possible because the schedules just don't mesh up all the time. Her bright attitude always keeps the discussion positive and lively, and we absolutely love her. If you have any questions or comments for the show, please like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash bariatricpodcast or email us at bariatricpodcast at gmail.com. In future episodes, we'll do our best to answer any questions you may have, cover your concerns. Once again, thank you so much for listening.